Welcome to episode 22 of Constructing Comics, a comic podcast building comic stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have an interview with David Whalen, creator of The Offspring. This is Matt, and as always, I'm joined by my pal Noah. Hey there. And we have a special guest tonight. We have David, the creator of The Offspring. David, why don't you uh, lead us off with a quick bio about you and um, some initial thoughts on your comics? Sounds great. Hi, Matt. Hi, Noah. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, The Offspring. Uh, it's uh, 20 years in the making. Like a lot of comic book creators, I had the idea um, a while ago and just over the years uh, really started to uh, dive into the characters and really wanted to understand the characters' motivations. I wanted to make sure that I was in a place as a writer and an artist uh, where I could uh, tell the story the best that I possibly could and not just jump in and not be quite ready to be able to tell the story. Mm-hmm. Um, once I got to a point where I thought I was ready to be able to tell the story, I, uh, um, it just all took off from there. I'd say it was probably about three years ago where I really started writing and thumbnailing and getting all done. Uh, in the process of those three years, I was um, teaching and, and fathering and, uh, and all that good stuff and doing some side freelance stuff on the side. So uh, as most creators, any creators will tell you, it's a, it's a long haul, it's a long process. Uh, but once it got going and once I got issue one going, issue two rolled out, issue three rolled out, and uh, it's been a real uh, fun ride. Uh, I'm on issue eight right now. Uh, issue eight is going to come out at the end of this month and then oh, wow. followed by nine, 10, 11 shortly after. Cool. Uh, um, so uh, what uh, inspiration uh, stories uh, did, you, that did, did you have that might have uh, gone into to the making of, uh, of this comic? Uh, when I started, the, the initial idea for me for The Offspring was to be able to do a book that I could switch genres at a moment's notice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you, if you read through issue one all the way through issue seven, which is out now, um, you'll kind of notice there's, there's a theme of, of the horror and the sci-fi. But as I go through the story, it'll start to turn and it'll become uh, a little more sci-fi time travel. It'll become a little bit more sci-fi. There's actually a, a Western story that I have in there and, uh, and uh, where they time travel into the Civil War. Oh, wow. um, so I wanted to really, my whole goal was to find a basis, a good solid basis of the story where I could, if I wanted to, knowing it was going to be multiple issues, uh, change the genre to be able to keep it fresh and keep mixing it up while still encompassing the whole entire story that I wanted to tell. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I got a little bit of a, a Twin Peaks uh, vibe. Uh, would that be any of the the inspiration there? I'd go on with that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Twin Peaks, X-Files kind of stuff. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I could see that too. Um, are, yeah, were that you... whole genre, that whole TV genre, sci-fi stuff, uh, um, yeah, I would say that's definitely an influence. Would uh, would you say you're more of a horror person? Because at least the first two issues, like that was the stuff that really resonated home with me was the like how good the horror aspect of it was. Yeah, I've I've always been a horror fan. Um, I've my parents when I was ten years old, I can remember them coming downstairs, and we had just gotten HBO, so most kids were looking for the you know the rated R stuff with the girls. <laughs> I was looking for the horror stuff to be able to right see. on. <laughs> kind of stories and I can remember my mom coming downstairs and I was watching Pet Cemetery. Nice. 
And she, she freaked out on me. I said, no, it's okay. I understand. It's not real. Everything's fine. And, uh, and it took me a while to, to let her know that I wasn't going to turn me into a psychopath. <laughs> and I can but, see uh, the Stephen always, King always. in there too. Yeah, yeah. 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 I can see there's a, is it, where is the, where is it set? The, the, this story, like the first two issues, this, it sort of seems like a new England town where it's set. Yeah, I wanted to keep it. Um, I wanted to keep the actual setting. I didn't want to put a point on a map. Okay. Um, New England-ish is, yeah, around the area. Yeah, I like that aspect. That's, uh, I definitely got that Stephen King vibe with uh, like how the kids are riding their bikes to the well, under the covered bridge and stuff like that. I was like, oh, yeah, I get that. And there's even a prison and all that jazz. So I'm like, yeah, Stephen King would write a story like this. <laughs> that's well i appreciate saying that that's <laughs> yeah. so you had said that you had kind of been working on this story uh for for 20 years or so um how much uh has it uh has it changed over that that 20 years or has it always sort of been uh you know what you envisioned and it it's and that's what we're what we're seeing now it's actually pretty close. Um, obviously, in 20 years, you grow and you change, and uh, uh, you're watching things on TV. And uh, there are multiple times I have seen things on TV, and I'll, and I'll look at it and go, well, I can't do that because they just did it on this TV show. <laughs> so you'd have to adjust huh. what you were doing. Um, but for the most part, the story itself is the same. The characters, the three main characters that I have in there are essentially the same characters that I created 20 years ago. Um, the uh, The... What I try to do as an artist is create a little bit of nuance and Easter eggs and backstory. So if you get to issue 20, you might see something that there was a hint at in issue three. Very cool. So there's little, little things in there that I try to make sure that, that when people, if people look back and they say, oh, it, well, he wasn't making it up as he go on, go on. He had a whole, a whole encompassing story that, that was being told from issue one all the way to issue. Quite honestly, I think it's going to take me about 125 issues to get to the end. Wow. Uh, all right. That's my goal and that's my plan and I'm going to stick to it. Nice, nice. Um, so I have sort of a, a craft question. Um, I'm mainly a writer and Noah is uh, mainly an artist. Um, so how do you handle both of those roles? Are you very descriptive in your scripts or since that you're, you're doing both, do you just, uh, just generally you know, outline like this person's here and, and stuff like that? Um, usually it'll just be a general outline. Um, as far as my um, dialogue goes, um, I'll do it. I guess it's like, I guess you call it the Marvel style where the dialogue I'll add after I add all the, uh, after I finish all the coloring and everything. Okay. Uh, I, okay. I much stick with my outline. I'll do thumbnails. That's where I'll get my pacing. Um, and I'll uh, adjust as I go if I need to. But, uh, for the most part, it's a, a really rough outline of what I want to do. I'll find sometimes that halfway through, I'll think of a better visual or a better idea um, and, as, and, and if it makes the story better, I'll change it halfway through. I have no problem with that. That's one of the, for me, that's one of the um, best things about being the writer and the artist. Um, my, the one big piece of advice I would give to any writer is learn how to draw. <laughs> the one piece of advice I give to any artist is learn how to write. <laughs> um, it, I know that's easier said than done. Um, but uh, uh, for me, when I was... 20 years ago, really starting out, I, I decided, you know what, I'm going to be able to do both. And I've worked really hard to try to do both the best I possibly could. That's awesome. 
Are, are you primarily a digital artist or do you do um, the pencils and inks traditionally? I'm pretty old school. Um, pencils and inks. Uh, um, the, uh, some of the coloring, uh, most of the coloring I'll do digitally. Some of it I'll go in and if I have a specific effect or specific thing I want to do, I'll go in in markers and then clean it up uh, in Photoshop. Um, but as far as the pencils and the inks, I'm, I'm pretty traditional. Uh, um, I'll sit down on my drawing table with a bunch of sharpened pencils and erasers and go for it. That's nice. awesome. Are you pretty loose with your pencils and then do most of the bodies in the inks or are you like very detailed with pencils and then go over it with inks? It'll, it'll really depend. Um, if, if I'm drawing a, um, if it's the first couple pages of a story that I'm drawing or characters that I'm not quite familiar with, I'll do a bunch of thumbnails, a bunch of practice. The first couple pages, I'll really try to plot it out, really try to get the feel for the characters and their expressions. Um, and then as I get four or five, 10 pages into and get more comfortable with the characters, I'll, I'll loosen up a little bit and take care of most of it in the inking process. Okay, that makes sense. And are you, um, uh, when you thumbnail it, do you thumbnail it page by page or do you do like, uh, and then like, do you thumbnail it, then draw the page and then come back and do the rest of the pages similarly or do you thumbnail the whole issue first? I'll thumbnail start the whole issue. Yeah, I'll thumbnail the whole okay. issue. I want to make sure that I've got the pacing, the whole issue. Uh, for me, it's those, the big moments, um, which will usually happen either the first page or the big moment at the beginning, you know, where it'll be a couple a couple pages of panels in it and then the big reveal. Um, and then the last page for me is always that big, like, uh, leave them wanting more kind of panel. So I want to make sure that I have those two areas down and then make sure that I have those solid uh, action and dialogue and uh, story beats as I go throughout. So I'll, I'll thumbnail the whole thing fairly loosely um, uh, to be able to make sure that I've got all those things down in my story. That's awesome. Yeah, you definitely from the from the first two issues, you definitely have the the last page uh, cliffhanger uh, down. It's very uh, Brian K. Vaughn sort of that uh, that you know, that one image sort of like, uh-oh, what's, what's going to happen next? So you definitely have that going on. Thank you. Okay, so let's do a, a little bit of like uh, your origin story with, with comics. Um, what was the, the first comic that uh, you can remember? First comic I can remember, um, my older brother and I would walk to the Circle K in the town where I grew up in Ohio. And they had, they would just throw the comic books on the counter because they didn't care. Mm -hmm. um, and the first one I can remember picking up is a DC Who's Who. Nice. And it, quite honestly, it kind of changed the way I thought about drawing in comics. I'm sure I read, read comics before then, Archie Comics. Uh, I was big in uh, Scooby-Doo Comics and Spider-Man. Um, but then I, when I saw that who's who, it really kind of blew my mind seeing all those different characters together and all those different art styles all together in one big book. Um, so it really, really made me think more about um, the characters itself rather than just boom and pow and whip, um, trying to really wrap a story around a character. So those who who's, I, I still have them down in my basement. They <laughs> and would take them out every once in a while. They, that was probably one of the first times I really remember going, this is awesome. I want to continue seeing this. Very cool. And when you decided that you wanted to make The Offspring a comic, was there like a specific comic inspiration there that like you read a comic and you were like, okay, I think I want to tell this story in comic form, you know, because you're a writer and an artist. I did, yeah, well, 
um, what was the uh, inspiration there? Yeah, I'd say that when I started it 20 years ago, I would bet that uh, it's easy. It's safe to say that they started off a little bit more superhero. Okay. Um, and then fairly quickly, though, I realized that I didn't want them to be like the uh, the phrase that's cool now is um, uh, no tights, no fights. Right. Um, uh, 20 years ago, I said, I'm not going to put them in a costume. I'm not going to put them in a cape or, you know, cool symbol on their chest or anything like that. They're just going to be these 20 year old kids, 20 something year old kids who just happen to be able to do these things. Um, and once I decided not to worry about costumes, uh, it kind of, it kind of snowballed from there, realizing that it was a little bit maybe a darker story than I, uh, than, um, than I uh, would usually see in comic books that I read um, at the time in the, in the early uh, 80s, late 70s, early 80s. Uh, and it, uh, it really helped me to see that I didn't have to do superheroes with tights and all that stuff. I could, I could do kids with powers, but still make it a horror or still make mm -hmm. it sci-fi or still make it, uh, still make it any other kind of genre I wanted to make it. Very That's cool. a really, it just shows the limit, you know, that, that comics aren't specifically regulated to superheroes themselves that was something that always put my wife off to the the medium yeah was that all she thought it was was superhero comics and then one day she picked up uh zack snyder and jocks witches and she was like holy crap there's a whole other genre here that yeah. i want to get into so i think that's such a great uh that's such a great realization to realize like oh i can tell a superhero story or a superpowered story but it doesn't have to be a superhero story you know yeah, like yeah. the typical stuff yeah definitely really and, and even something from uh like i said the the uh, i think it was late 80s or early 90s like strangers in paradise um yeah it was it was uh love stories and it was just just about relationships um that was something i definitely uh, gave a lot of thought to uh, when I was constructing, the, especially the first story arc, to make sure you knew where these characters were, how they related to each other, how they reacted to each other, how they, you know, and as they, as the story goes, we learn a bit a little bit more about how they knew each other and how they grew up together, and and the uh, the ways that they uh, forged this friendship that uh, that is kind of off the rails at the beginning. Uh, they're not exactly the best of buddies at the beginning. Um, but where where they came from and where they get to from here was definitely something emotionally I wanted to um, be able to get in there and not just have it be again superheroes fighting each other. Yeah, I like that aspect of it. Was there were there certain inspirations for each character, like people you knew, or was it just you know these types of characters with these different dynamics were something that you wanted to throw together to see how they would interact? Yeah. Um, I would say that uh, Vince is is me. Okay, that's <laughs> um, awesome. With with you know uh, humorous like um, I'd say maybe um, uh, I was about to say uh, Gomer Pyle, but more like Barney Fife kind of aspect okay. where he's a goofball and doesn't quite know how to handle things. Um, I, I hope I'm not that much of a goofball, <laughs> but uh, uh, but he's he's definitely that. Um, Sarah is. Um, I really tried to make her the girl next door that is a girl that's, uh, that you could easily fall in love with, but wanted to make sure you're still watching, keeping an eye on, because you weren't quite mm. sure what she was going to do. Uh, Will, I'd say the, the biggest um, influence on Will, um, I mentioned my older brother, probably my older brother, um, that, that guy that uh, uh, would 
have your back at a moment's notice and probably the smartest guy in the room, but didn't act like it. Um, that's didn't, cool. Didn't rub it in your face that he was smarter than everybody else in the room. So I would say that's where um, essentially their, their core characters come from. That's really cool. Is your brother kind of honored to be sort of represented in that way? I don't know if I've ever said it out loud to him. <laughs> oh, well, hopefully he listens to this and it like connects yeah. you guys. Yeah. That's awesome. So being a, uh, a writer and an artist, uh, you handle pretty much everything other than, than uh, the coloring. Uh, and I think you did mention that you do handle some of the coloring. How did you, uh, how did you find your colorist? Uh, actually, the, um, there was a, a guy I was working with who was originally going to publish them, and then it didn't quite work out. Um, so there was a, a colorist for issue one and a colorist for issue four, and I did two and three. Okay. Uh, and after that, now I just take care of myself. So, so I, I do all aspects of the book um, from from issue four on. Um, okay. And it was just through the grapevine. Um, sites like, um, I think you pronounce it Zwoll, Z-W-O-L.com, things like that. Um, and Pencil Jack is another uh, a website that I go to where you just kind of look for colorists that are that are uh, looking for work looking to get their stuff out there um and every once in a while you'll find one that uh, that um uh, that fits what you're doing and uh they're happy to do it and they do it and it looks great so uh um, both issue one and issue four the colors did a really great job i was sorry that they weren't able to continue um but uh but i understood and it gave, gave me an opportunity to be able to um to be able to really make sure the colors and the, the feel of the book was exactly what i wanted it to be very cool right yeah, and how the the publishing company that you are working with on this um, is this your company that you're working with the the, the publishing that's on the cover? And it is me, like Correct Handed Productions. Yep, that's me. Awesome, that's so great. That's so great. And where does the the name of that come from? The, the as as a lefty, as a southpaw, um, I always the joke I always made was it's not right handed and left handed. It's right handed and correct handed. <laughs> So, uh, so that's where that came from. That's great. That's really great. Yeah, it's hard being it's hard being left-handed. I don't know if either of you guys are left-handed, but <laughs> oh no, uh, no, I think you're freaks. That's all yeah. I have to say. So. <laughs> that's true. I won't yeah. disagree with that. But no. if asking a left-handed person, it's it's sometimes difficult to be a left-handed person. It's a right-handed world, um, and you got to make some adjustments quick, or you're going to end up. Uh, you know, maybe cutting yourself or injuring yourself real quick if you're not paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. So um, what are one of your favorite uh, things about comic book uh, storytelling? Is it uh, page turns, uh, page design, anything like that? I really like um, a lot about it, obviously, but I really like that there's no budget restraints. Very true. Do, mm -hmm. Like I was talking about changing genres. You could do anything you could have a 50-foot monster you could have them in space you could have the greatest spaceship that's ever been built you can do anything with it um, and for me um, always uh, as a child always being told to kind of keep my creative instincts inside and then to not blow them up too much um, for me that's a chance to be able to let the creativity flow and let it um, let it really shine on the page and really do the crazy things that you wouldn't be able to do otherwise. Um, I think that, that page layout is one of those things that really helps tell the story. 
helps create that flow. And it's fun for me to be able to get from panel to panel, page to page, uh, um, without um, confusing the without confusing the reader, the audience, and making sure that they know where they're supposed to go real quick. With some of those weirder panels, I try to keep it pretty straightforward. Um, some of those weirder panel, weirder pages, I want to make sure that it flows really good, and that's really a fun challenge for me. I enjoy that as well. And I, I have to say, yeah, it's a pretty the the books. The first two, at least, are very easy to follow, and I never got lost as to where characters were, what the location was, um, you know. And that that's something that I find is is lacking a lot in um, indie comics and all the, like the comics that I would pick up from creators at comic cons and things is a, a yeah, clear understanding of location. Yeah, locations and backgrounds. I I understand why a lot of artists want to skimp on them, but but sometimes you or most of the time you just got to You got to bust it out. You got to bust it out. Yeah. So for me, part of it is is um, trying to make it not only interesting for the reader, not only communicate to the reader where we are, but also make it interesting for me to draw. Find, try to find different ways to be able to communicate a thousand trees in a forest or a jail cell or a, or a barnyard or whatever it is um, to be able to make sure I'm communicating, but have, also having fun doing the challenges, the challenge of creating communicating that, that place. Um, but it's also fun to be able to change that camera angle and try to figure out a real fun way to do it. Um, and adding those details and those funny things in there to really make sure everybody knows where we are. And that's the perk of being the writer too, is that you don't have to write in a boring place to draw or anything like that for yourself. Oh, yeah, what's your favorite location to draw? Um, you'll notice in, in Offspring there is uh, a lot of wooded areas. Um, yeah. I enjoy wooded areas. And then at about around issue six, I said enough trees. I'm done with the trees. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I would say that... Um, Anytime that I can be on a spaceship, which I haven't been able to do in the offspring yet, um, but it's that's coming soon. But anytime that I can be on a spaceship, I, I enjoy that. The uh, the layout of the spaceship, the 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 bells and the whistles and the pings and the buttons, um, I, I I really enjoy that. That's great. Oh, well, I'll I'll be looking forward to when these guys get on a spaceship. Then yeah, yeah, that that's it. It starts getting pretty crazy. <laughs> awesome, awesome. <laughs> Yeah, man, you got to get these guys in the space so yeah. we can get we can see your cool spaceship skills. Yep, there, there. I'm kind of breaking each uh, each run into a season. So I've got issue eight coming out this month. Uh, issue ten is the end of this first season. Um, I got some other stuff that we can talk about a little bit later. But then uh, the next issues um, where they start time travel, and then that's a ten issue run. And then after the time travel. Ten issue run, they start uh, they start going into space and bounty hunters and the uh, the uh, the um, the gods that the godlike creatures that I introduced in issue one and issue two and three um, are there also and it's chaos. That's awesome. That's are, kind of are you are are you selling these just online or where do you sell your comics? Uh, right now, uh, primarily online. Um, I've been to some conventions, um, but as a teacher. Uh, through the year, it's difficult to be able to get to as many conventions as I'd like. Uh, I am on yeah. Amazon.com, Comicsology uh, also, and uh, ComicCentral.com for digital uh, digital downloads of it. Um, but uh, yeah, Amazon.com keywords Whale and Offspring, and you, you'll see all the issues and the trade right there. The first four issues. Okay, great. I was going to ask actually. That was my next question: is if you'd put the first four issues into a trade yet? So I that's did. Great. Yeah, I actually got it right here. This one right here. 
Awesome. That's the trade of the first four issues right there, ready to go. So that's so great. Final do digital download on Comic Central and then uh, print and digital so download great. on and Amazon. Do you, who do you print through? Or do you print yourself? Or um, I print myself. Um, I uh, Like I said, I've done a few cons, so I really haven't had a, a reason to have a thousand prints of something. Um, I'm looking okay. there, There's a bunch of good comic book printers out there that I'm really researching, really getting into um, that I, uh, when I do want to do a bigger run, I'd say probably by um, summer of this year, I'm going to want to do a bigger run. So I'm going to start looking for some printers out there that, that uh, I've already researched that uh, I think will be able to get the job done. That's cool. Very, very nice. And also um, you said that uh, this could uh, go into the, you know, the one twenties, the one twenty fives. You, uh, you might be able to put together a couple of omnibuses or something like that. Yeah, I think so. I hope so. Um, like I said, I'm trying to break it up into those uh, 10 to 12, 13 issue seasons. Um, and I think what I'm going to do after the end of this season run, um, I'm going to see if I can just put them all in one big book and cool. see what happens. I think, uh, I think that's something that'd be fun. Uh, really, the yeah. one of the reasons I do it is is to make sure that my kids' kids' kids have something in print that their great 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 grandfather did. Um, right on. So, uh, so having having those those prints there are are, are uh, is fun for me to think in the future that my grandkid will look at them and go, "Grandpa was weird." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. What cons have you been to to sell these at? Um, I live in upstate New York, um, so I've been to a few cons in, in Syracuse, a few cons in Syracuse, uh, uh, in Utica, excuse me, um, to be able to sell mostly sm smaller conventions. Um, and it, it's gone well. Um, there are smaller conventions, and, the, and you know, people um, get there, and they have only so much in their purse to be able to, to, uh, to buy. But uh, I've made a lot of great connections with a lot of great uh, fans and creators and um, pros in the business. I met uh, the uh, um, the uh, Tony Isabella, the creator of Black Lightning, at the last. Oh right! Time, and he was amazing. Just sat and talked with me, and looked at the book, and read through it, and asked me questions, and I asked him questions. Um, and that's uh, really what it is. What it's about for me, really making those connections and making uh, uh, meeting uh, comic book fans and creators, and just talking about comics. That's awesome. Very That's cool. really awesome. Thinking about ever coming down for uh, Awesome Con or Baltimore this year, do you think? I, uh, you know, there's a few of them that I've, I've looked into those also. There's probably three or four that I, I really want to start hitting in the next. I've really only been doing the uh, Correct Hand of Productions. I just hit a year. Okay. So this oh, is wow. my first year of, of, of publication. Uh, so I'm still pretty in the infancies, um, but I do want to start hitting the – uh, San Diego con, con, con convention, some of the bigger conventions um, to be able to uh, sell my wares and, and branch out even further. Yeah, you'd be big at, you'd do well at Baltimore. There's oh. a lot of like very like, you know, young creators as far as like, you know, whose books haven't been around for a long time. Yeah, uh, yeah Baltimore is really great for that. And I think Awesome Con too. I'm, I'm, last year there was more of these sort of like younger creators and like uh, uh, people who are newer and had like newer series and stuff like that there. And uh, I'm guessing this year probably have even more as well. So yeah, it'd be great to have you here and we get to meet you in person because we're rarely up in New York. So I'm lazy too. So I'm like, Oh, come <laughs> to me. 
So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it would be that. awesome to come to a New York con and uh, and get to get to see all your stuff and the physical copies and all that stuff and get you to sign some issues. Yeah, that'd definitely be awesome. Yeah. So um, why don't uh, and we we've talked about this a little bit, but why don't you tell us the the next steps for for you in this in this comic? So I like I said issue eight comes out this. I'm finishing up the touches for issue eight. That's uh, mm-hmm. come out at the end of this month. Um, issue nine and ten are inked and ready to go. I just got to color them. Okay. Um, so they'll be coming out before summer, um, hopefully in the next three four months. Um, as an indie creator, sometimes it takes me a little bit longer than a month to be able to get them done, but I'm trying real hard to get them out as, as monthly as I possibly can. Very cool. Um, I have a, a four-issue miniseries already out of another title, Evolution Utero. Okay. Uh, so this is already in the trade. It's got a trade of all four issues, and it's sell, sold each individual issue also on Amazon.com also and Comixology. Uh, and uh, Comic Central. Uh, so that's out and ready to go. And I'm real proud of that one. That's a really fun one. It's more uh, action oriented, or it's more superheroes, still no fights, uh, no types, no fights. Um, but it's about the, the picture the worst girl you've ever met in your life, like the girl that you don't want to spend mm-hmm. any time with. And she ends up uh, um, getting impregnated with a superpowered baby. <laughs> oh, very cool. And how it changes her and how it, how it affects her emotionally. Um, it's really, really about, you know, when you become a parent, you realize, oh, it's not all about me. And uh-huh. that's what the journey is, but with fighting and explosions and fun stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and I've got um, a few one shots coming out in the next, hopefully in the next three or four months. My, my plan was to do um, a bunch of offspring and then get some one shots out also. Um, and some of those one shots will be traditional superhero stories. Some of those one shots will be the first one that comes out is a really dark noir um, uh, mystery uh, type uh, story. And it's uh, and the first one will be black and white because I really enjoy the Frank Miller noir black and white stuff. Um, so uh, that'll be the first one shot that comes out from Correct Handed Productions, hopefully right before summer. Uh, so that's what I'm working on right now. And it's, it's keeping me busy. Very That's cool. awesome. And it keeps it fresh too. Cause then you don't, you don't get bogged down with offspring or anything like that. You can yeah. Yeah, go well, to do I'll something make else. Sure that, I'm, that I'm mixing it up and, and, uh, and trying different things and new things and uh, trying to get as much out there as I possibly can. That's awesome. awesome. Uh, what's your workload like? Are you, are you like a one page a day kind of guy with pencils and inks or do some pages take longer or what, what, what's your goals normally when you sit down to work every day? So as a teacher and a father of two, uh, sometimes there will be unfortunately, I try to draw every day, but you know, you guys know that that's not always feasible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, I don't even have kids. Yeah. Um, so I make sure that when I do sit down, I tell my wife, okay, four hours, give me four hours. And she goes, okay, no problem. Um, and I'll okay. sit down and since I've got the thumbnails and I've got it all, uh, I've got it all plotted out, I can bust out a, penciled page, I can bust out probably three or four penciled pages in that time. Wow. Backgrounds, details, all that kind of stuff. And then I'll jump into inking and it'll probably take, I probably can get two pages done inked in a day. Um, so, uh, so I work fairly quickly. Luckily my, my style is very loose, um, mm. detailed, but loose. Uh, so, uh, so being able to, um, get a lot of detail, but getting it in a little quicker. Um, it has always been, um, 
easier for me to be able to get it to get it done and get it done fairly quickly. So um, I work fast and I try to make sure I draw every day. Very cool. That's good. That's um, very cool. So why don't you tell everybody where they can find you online um, so that when these projects come out, they, they can, they can know about it. Yeah. So I'm mostly, uh, I mostly work through Facebook, uh, Twitter and Instagram. So at Facebook, I'm at correct handed productions. Um, and that's where you'll get most of my news and updates for, uh, tw for Twitter. I have two sites, actually one for just correct handed productions, actually uh, handed correct. So we had to flip them for, for Twitter. And then I'm also at the offspring zero zero. Uh, so the offspring has their own uh, Twitter account also. Very um, cool. We'll make sure to link those in, in our show notes. And then for Instagram, I'm David Whalen dot 16, 14. Very cool. Awesome. All right. Uh, Noah, do you have a, a last question here? No, thanks for talking to us. I'm always happy. I'm always, I always love the opportunity to pick a brain of another creator. And um, since I'm a young creator, I'd like to like to know things and to get some glean some helpful tips. So, and it's been very helpful talking to you, David. So, thank you. Very I really much. appreciate you having me. It's it's been fun talking to you. Yeah, I, anytime we can talk about comic books, I'm down. Sounds, awesome. Sounds <laughs> great. All right. Well, I'd like to uh, thank everybody for for listening to this episode. Like I said, we're going to link all of David's uh, social media in the in the show notes here and give him a few retweets and stuff like that. We are also on Twitter at Construct Com Pod. We are on Instagram at Constructing Comics Pod, and we are on Facebook at ConstructingComics.com. I'd like to thank everybody for joining us, and we'll be back with a, another episode uh, very soon. Thank you.